0: Hey, listen, welcome to the Halos hey Games Cast. This is episode 82. We're coming at you guys live. This is Jeffrey Morse. Joining me here is Nathan Wagner. My grandpa is turning 80 this week, and our podcast is older than him. We're older than Grandpa Wagner. There we go. Hey. <laughs> and of course, joining us as well, Rob Douglas.
1: Shout out to my uh, ginger cousin, Sean White, for winning gold.
0: Yeah, we we just got done watching the uh, Olympic gold medalist. Uh, Me and Nathan just jumped up and started like yelling and giving each other high fives. So it's a it's a good good time to uh, be an American right now. I want a reboot of
2: Sean White snowboarding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding! I I don't. That game was terrible.
0: At At least like a new snowboard kids or 1080 snowboarding. Like yeah, I'd be okay. An actual good
2: snowboarding game would be
0: great. Yeah, for sure. Uh, But yeah, we got a fun show for you guys today. we're returning a old fan favorite segment, uh, questions with Rob, and we are going to be talking all about video game villains. And uh, Rob's got going to be leading a really great discussion on uh, what makes a good villain, and some of, we'll be talking to, of course, our favorite villains and more. But first, our new segment: we are going to be talking about some hot rumors uh, came out this week. Um, coming out actually early this morning, uh, Spyro. You guys remember Spyro the Dragon? Uh, little purple friend uh, back in the original PlayStation. Um, there is apparently a Spyro Remaster Trilogy coming later this year. This uh, news is kind of coming uh, leaked from inside of Activision THQ, which of course put out Crash Bandicoot Remaster Trilogy, which I don't think they really expected to sell well, but it like sold out everywhere and did really really well. And so yeah, they I made think, a ton of money off of
2: not spending very much money. Yeah, on.
0: just remaking a very simple older you know series of games. People really loved it and. So I think it makes sense to put out these uh, old spirals again with that same kind of remaster treatment probably 40 bucks again um, I think a lot of people are probably gonna enjoy this one as well what do, you, what do you guys think do you want this are you interested yeah I mean I think the reason that the crash
2: trilogy did so well is because they like literally remade the whole game from the ground up like it looked really really good and yeah, I mean it, looked but like it a PS4 also game. yeah it looked like a PS4 game but it retained the feel of like a, of not the original like a crash game. it didn't play like a modern <laughs> game. Um, But, you know, if you can go back to your childhood for 40 bucks and have it look as beautiful as you remember it looking, because if you go Mm -hmm. back it doesn't look that good now. um, I think a lot of people are willing to pay up for that.
1: Wasn't the new one, Crash Bandicoot, wasn't it even harder than the old one? Like, the platforming was actually even more like...
0: Yeah, it wasn't... They literally kept, like, a lot of the same old terrible physics that were in that original game. So, like, I put in about an hour into that game, and it felt very like janky and like there was a lot of times where i felt like i made a jump or I actually didn't and it's very like specific on where you need to land like pixel perfect yeah. on jumps and stuff so yeah they definitely did not make it any more accessible um that's for sure but it, it looked really pretty <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: and as long as it looks pretty
0: yeah i just be good i'm just hoping because i did mess around with a little bit of the new skylander games which have spyro in it like it's kind of skylander's really originally kind of spun off of the spiral universe or whatever yeah yeah um and the Spyro, like, uh, model they used in those games was really weird looking. Like, he looked more like an actual, like, dragon than he did, like, kind of, like, the friendly, cartoony mascot in the original game. So, I'm hoping they kind of go back to that original kind of art style and uh, use a different model. Um, but I am potentially interested in this because I never really played Spyro. I messed around with it as a kid, but not owning a PlayStation. Yeah. yeah. Um, this you know, Spyro being more akin to more of a Mario 64 type game, unlike Crash Bandicoot, which is, you know, more Yeah, Spyro you know.
2: was a little bit more, like, collect like, it's worlds. Well, not, you know, open. we a little bit more open time. Yeah, around. Yeah, it was more yeah, open. Versus It wasn't, Crash, wasn't was just like, just yeah, on
1: rails, It wasn't basically. a runaway from a rock or just, you know, straight platforming.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. This is, I uh, think, exciting news. Good Good news for PlayStation fans, you know, giving them... Some more nostalgia could be an easy win again for Activision. And, uh, yeah. So yeah.
2: The rumor did include that it would come to PS4 this year, and then it would come to other systems in 2019. Basically. Be, Probably so like all... a
0: year exclusivity nice. or something like that. Well, if that happens, I might just wait and get on the Switch then. Yeah. That'd, be cool. yeah, um, that'd be cool. So, our next news piece. I just threw this in because I've been playing a lot of Rocket League lately, and this made me really excited. They're making Rocket League-branded RC Hot Wheels. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the picture. I posted the link to wait, you guys. so
1: so real hot wheels yeah
0: so this is a real hot wheel set that's coming out but it's not like your you know typical hot wheels that you know you just you know four or five bucks you put on the floor and you just you know roll them around this is like an actual rc hot Wheels set the hot wheels making and you have like these big rocket league you know nice hot wheel cars that you buy you control them with your smartphone and then you get a little battle arena with like a ball that like when it actually goes through the goal in the little arena that you have, it'll, like, detect and, like, make sounds and stuff like that. So this is, like, a full-on, like, action RC, like, (laughs) Rocket League game in real life. This sounds like a
2: horrible idea. I don't think it will work at all. (laughs) I hope someone I know gets it so I can laugh at how bad it is. But (laughs) I I think it's a great idea. It'll probably sell well just based off the name, but I don't think it'll be actually fun or work very well.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've done uh, Hot Wheels crossover inside of Rocket League itself. Like, you can get, yeah. like, antenna toppers and all that kind of stuff with, like, kind of cross-promotion. So, um, I think it, I think it's great for this, you know, Cyanix being such a kind of small company to get yeah. this kind of exposure. Totally. And th- totally. I mean, the Hot Wheels section at stores is still huge. Like, you walk into a, you know, a Target or something, they have tons of that kind of stuff. But, but I know, I, I'm kind of sad that they can't uh, actually boost up into the air, like, real Rocket uh, <laughs> League cars, but... You know, next next best thing, I suppose. So uh, you'll gotta wait for Rocket League two for them to be able to do that. The, yeah, uh, <laughs> sequel. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so we have been giving away a couple different uh, games here on the show. Uh, you know, last week uh, Super Sensei won a copy of Albo in, on Steam. He tweeted at us saying he's put a couple hours in it, really really enjoys it, and so we're we're so glad that you've been having fun with that game. And uh, we've been wanting to give away um, some more games to you guys, you know, to kind of keep up uh, this uh, new uh, kind of s- part of the show that we've been doing. So I'm going to hand this part actually over to you, Rob. And uh, Rob is going to tell you guys about our next giveaway game. And uh, Well,
1: we have one out right now.
0: Oh, is it already posted?
1: We posted it last week. We said we would give it away this week. Life is oh, Strange that's right. Season that's
0: 1. Right. Life is Strange Season 1. Um, <clears throat> so we put this out on our twitter and what did the people do rob so the they had to answer a question
1: asked all you have to do is answer a question what is your favorite point and click adventure
0: game and i am uh deeply surprised that no one put the clue finders games out there uh highly educational point-and-click adventure games that I was allowed to play on PC growing up. But My uh, favorite okay. point-and-click adventure game
2: is definitely a Nancy Drew game. One I was, of the was Nancy literally Drews. just about to say that. I was Any like, where Nancy are the Drews? Nancy yes. Drew games?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, I was actually kind of pre- impressed, you know, some of the answers. My favorite one, Matt, said, he said that he had to go back to his childhood, young childhood nostalgia, and say, Pajama Sam. <laughs>
2: That was another classic, MSAM. Uh, That's a classic. Well, so, does Freddy Fish Freddy count as Fish, a po- yeah. point and click adventure game? I think it does. Like, I never thought of it, it that way, it but is. I mean, I guess you were pointing and clicking.
0: So
1: it is. I mean, that is the definition yeah, of a point those, and click game.
0: Those old humongous <laughs> games were actually a, a lot of fun. I really enjoyed those They're ones. awesome. Now, They're you awesome. It. You
1: can get them all on Steam, and they go on sale fairly regularly.
0: Oh, perfect. perfect. Well, believe it. There you go. There all you right. Go. Well, our winner for that. We had about five or six people um, enter in that. And our winner is Rick Hines at uh, Heineman on Twitter. Um, he gave us way too many choices, and so I'll just read a couple of them. He said, like, Monkey Island, Discworld, Grim Fandango, The Telltale Gems, he probably said, Dave the Tentacle, I think is what he kind of ended up on. Yeah, But yeah. Uh, he, he said it was really hard to choose, so... We, uh, we
1: had a point-and-click fan in, in the crowd.
0: Yeah, he, he listed off half those that I didn't even, like, recognize, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so congratulations to Rick. Uh, we will uh, shoot you a DM on Twitter and give you uh, Life is Strange Season 1. And uh, as, as with all of our giveaways, we'd love to uh, hear your thoughts after you know spend a little time with it. Uh, be sure to uh, let us know uh, what you think of the game. And uh, be on the lookout on our Twitter again this weekend for our uh, next giveaway. We'll put that up on our Twitter uh, following the show here today. So next news is... Kind of rumor, but pretty much confirmed. Kind from of multiple rumor. Sources. Multiple
2: sources confirmed this, I believe. But uh, there's a talk going around the internet this last week that uh, obviously we know Metro Prime Four is announced. Nintendo talked about mm-hmm. that at E3, but they didn't we say a, a developer. <laughs> All they said was it's not retro, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people have been speculating about this for a long time. And the kind of sources came out this last week and said that it is Bandai Namco um, Singapore. I believe yeah. who's working on this game, and uh, some of the developers. Those are some of the developers who actually were working on Star Wars 13 at 13 um, that never came out. I guess a lot of them somehow ended up over
1: there
0: mm-hmm. and are now working so on Metroid Prime 4. Which that game looked amazing. So <laughs> that game did look really cool. So are
1: we going to get like a nitty gritty like underworld Metroid game with? Uh, uh, active cover systems. Active
0: cover well, systems. This is and still a numbered sequel. Scenes. Like this is Metroid Prime Four, so uh, I think it's going to be yeah, very I'm... similar in the vein of Metroid Prime Three and stuff. Like kind of the follow up, leading to the post credit scene of that game. I think it was like Silex's ship yeah. or something like that. But yeah. I mean, I think this is good news because Nintendo's obviously kind of trusted them with. Yeah, developing, they did. Like, Smash they Bros. did Smash
2: Four, and we know all know that that's probably, in my opinion, the best Smash game.
0: Well, like if if Nintendo trusts them with Smash Bros, which is like pretty much like their biggest seller outside of just, you know, mainline Mario games, like I think they have enough trust to put Metroid Prime 4 in there as well. And just as like kind of a background, all Metroid games have been developed by, you know, Nintendo's, uh, you know, Japanese studios other than the Metroid Prime games. All three were by Retro Studios and then uh, the Metroid Other M, which most people don't like to talk about. Um, was <laughs> team, Ninja. team Ninja. right? Yeah. Uh, so the Ninja Gaiden folks. And then the most latest edition, the Federation Force was actually done by um, the Next Level Games team who uh, did Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, Mario Strikers, a couple of those Mario sports games we talked about. So Wait, I thought... Oh, Federation Force. Yeah. Yes, Federation Force. I thought Force. you were talking about
2: uh, Return of Samus.
0: No, that one That one was also kind of a collaboration, but that was yeah. kind of Nintendo and uh, mm. the team that... Mercury's team that did uh, some Castlevania stuff. So. Yeah. So, Nintendo has kind of experimented a little bit um with you know partnering with other studios, but I think Van Dynamco is a pretty solid choice to uh, to partner up
2: with, yeah, I mean, I think that obviously I think that makes a lot of sense because you're we, you're kind of counting up and saying like, okay, these are the Nintendo teams we know about, and it seems like which one would be available to work on Metroid, and obviously the answer is none of them it's yeah, <laughs> this team at Bandai Namco, and I think it is exciting that they do have developers who said, um." you know, who were working on this game that looks so promising. And I, so I read that, a uh, book by Duration Schreier last week. Yeah. And one of the quotes from the developers was like their favorite team they've ever worked on was working on that Star Wars 13, 13 game with that team. Huh. So they really like, they said if they could ever partner up with any of those devs again, they'd love to do it. So Interesting. the oh, fact that cool. so they apparently kind of a, a bunch of them true. went to Singapore and yeah, kind Singapore of stayed together a little stayed bit, stayed
0: together at least somewhat is pretty exciting. Yeah, good news. Awesome. Um, So Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, that little game (laughs) that uh, has been in development for, you know, like a decade, uh, dropped a new trailer out of nowhere this week. And uh, basically it was a Monsters, Inc. trailer with Mike Wazowski, you know, Soli, the whole gang there. Um, You know, that's a world that is, I think, beloved by many audiences around the world. Um, But the uh, the real shocker came at the end of that trailer. They... Posted 2018 as a release date for this game they didn't say fall they didn't say summer they didn't say you know they December. just said 2018 They said 2018 very vague which,
2: which... Ha, they have been saying 2018 is that correct rob
1: like they had yeah. said 2018 last year well you know? i mean they've been saying 2018 for the last year yeah but this is nothing new they also they're just recommitting 2007 2008 2009 (laughs) 2012 2013 14 16 (laughs) 17 you sound like you've been burned (laughs) i okay so here's the thing guys i I was telling you them before the show i love kingdom hearts i played the first two and some of the spinoffs and uh, the spinoffs kind of start getting too weird. And if you're like a hardcore Kingdom Hearts fan, you're like, oh my gosh, he can't be a Kingdom Hearts fan unless he's played the other spinoffs. <laughs> I don't have enough time to figure out who all these are. There's organizations... like more Kingdom Hearts
0: spinoffs than Mario sports games. <laughs> if you listen to the last <laughs> episode, you know there's a lot of Mario sports games.
1: <laughs> it's very true. So, I mean, obviously the two main ones are the biggest ones you need to play. Um, But I played them back when they first came out on PlayStation 2. So I've been waiting two system generations for this game, (laughs) a decade of time to finish the story. And I, every time they drop a new trailer, I mean, we've been getting trailers for the last, like what, five years now. Yeah. Yeah. Every time they drop a new trailer, there's no hype left. Like the hype train, it is out of fuel. There is no coal (laughs) for the fire. The hype train is parked on the side of the railroad. Basically just saying, okay, if you don't just release this game, we're, we're done. <laughs> like I I know the...
2: Go ahead, sorry.
1: I know there's some exciting news in this new one. I mean, obviously we already had Toy Story announced in the last one. Monsters, Inc. is new, included in this one, which is pretty cool. I'm really excited about that. Like, Monsters, Inc. is one of my favorite Pixar movies. But just release the freaking game already. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think the most exciting thing that I saw from this trailer was just seeing, like, bu- iconic characters i know like buzz and sully and mike wazowski all talking like heavy deep japanese voices <laughs> the trailer obviously wasn't translated yeah. or dubbed it was or like a disney
0: yet. japanese convention that it came out like, yeah exactly
2: yeah it was a disney japanese convention so it was just well, really company, funny to watch Kingdom it and hear japanese yeah well yeah, yeah not obviously
0: john goodman or whatever yeah
2: and to <laughs> not, not <really> hear crystal <laughs> <laughs> just to hear and i was like sorry don't be offended anyone i just can't speak japanese (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah right yes it's not the voice you're expecting (laughs) yes exactly it just wasn't what i was expecting
0: that was definitely a little off-putting
1: especially the main character you i know exactly what he sounds like in the trailers his voice is so much more nasally than it is in the main you know the english version i'm like wait who is that i will say
0: the monsters inc world that they made does look better than the Disney Infinity Monsters Inc. world they made because I messed around in that game a little bit and the first main world of I think it was the second Disney Infinity was kind of the Monsters University world and it was extremely bland, very boring. Like I was excited to go into yeah. it and it was just very, very dull. And so I'm hoping that they can you know do a better job with that world because there is so much you can do with yeah. you know the monsters. Oh. World.
2: I I got um so I got a little dehyped today just because I saw this article that basically was saying. To be able to understand what's going on in Kingdom Hearts three, you're gonna to have to have played not only Kingdom Hearts one and two, but all these other crazy sub spin off games <laughs> no. they've made. And I'm like, just like a marketing I, factor. I or? love Disney, but like I've played part of the first Kingdom Hearts. I didn't play the second one, and I don't really want to go back and play those games. Like, I wish they could make this game where I know like people have been waiting for the conclusion of the story for you know 14 years or whatever it is, <laughs> but I want it to be able to have newcomers into the series and be like hey i don't really know what's going on can i still have fun and enjoy exploring these worlds even if i'm not super there's over a hundred
0: million people who never owned a ps2 who have playstation 4s and xboxes who want to play this game like yes you're you're holding holding yourselves back here
1: well and for me like i played kingdom hearts one and two and they just felt like you could just jump right into them you didn't have to play three or you didn't have to play you know, chains and 23.29, 30, 40, whatever <laughs> that number is on that one game. Point uh, you didn't have to. You just felt like you could jump in. You didn't necessarily have to understand the story. All you had to do was just enjoy the fact that you're jumping in and out of Disney World. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of Disney Worlds, this new one also includes uh, Tangled. Yes,
2: I saw that as well. That's which
1: is super cool. I was, pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about that. It looked like there were some sweet moves that you could do with Rapunzel spinning around with her hair hanging off his of stuff, and kicking things. So sweet. I saw they crazy. also they're doing they,
0: Tangled. They're doing Frozen, right? I don't know. We'll see.
2: I saw I they also so. announced that the gummy ship portions of the game there'll be some open world sections of it, so you can like kind of fly around, which will be interesting. I'm just surprised so, they're not doing
1: cool. like a are we, we going to th- like run into Stitch.
0: Yeah, I don't. I'm surprised they're not doing like a Final Fantasy 15 type thing where they put it out and then like a year or two later, you know, put a bunch of DLC and like post-launch updates and support that adds new things and that makes it better.
2: I'm sure they will. The game isn't out yet.
1: They they probably will. (laughs) (laughs) With how the first two games were set up, it was you had to save all the worlds in order to go to the main end, and you had to go to each of the Disney worlds to save them from the main villain, the Heartless, and so.
0: Anyways, it was I still don't think this is coming out this year. Let us know if you're excited or if you're like Rob and the hype train has <laughs> run out of fuel after 10 years of chugging. <laughs> <laughs> Next news story. It's about Assassin's Creed. Rob, I want to see if you're excited about this news or if you're bummed about this news, but Ubisoft has come out and said that they're probably not going to be a new Assassin's Creed this year, instead of pumping out a, you know, annual sequel like the Fruit uh, Chase kind of came Known for, they're just going to be supporting Origins with lots of DLC and post-game content. I don't. I read the
2: actual quote from this to jump in before Rob, and they said, "We're just going to be supporting AC Origins with lots of post-game content, and we have no other AC games to talk about
1: or announce at this time." So, yeah. So you still think? It, ones it I think there's still
2: ended. a possibility they could announce another AC game. It is um,
1: very open ended. I agree. I, I read the yeah. quote also.
2: It's that, it's much more open ended than just. There's probably definitely not going to be an AC game this year. I still, th- I actually think. Have they learned nothing? I think they've learned a little bit, like seeing how well the sales do. I think they'll do Watch Dogs three this year, and yeah. kind of go alternate AC and Watch Dogs every other year, just to give each of those series a little bit of breathing room.
1: And I think that's probably think the they right won't choice. Ride the hype of uh, Far Cry four instead.
2: Well, I'm. Sh- those are completely different teams. I mean, I don't well, know, I Ubisoft, Everyone well, works strange. on everything, but. Well, I think
0: that scratches a different itch,
2: too. Yeah, and it's a completely kind of different style game, like third person versus first person. Um, Here's
1: my thought. Um, I hope they don't do a new Assassin's Creed this year. I mean, Assassin's Creed Origins is huge. Having Having a year off from the franchise was kind of a nice breath of air, as well as if they take this whole year off, that gives me, one, it's a breath of fresh air. It gives you a chance to really evaluate the next game, prepare yourself, as well as it gives Rob a chance to actually work through Assassin's Creed Origins before the next one comes out.
2: <laughs> I know. You still have, like... I feel like you've barely played that game.
1: I've probably put um, 10 hours into it. And you've and had then, it for,
2: like, a month, right? Two months?
1: I've had it for three months. Three I got months. It in, I got it in November. But that then I crazy. also... Um, had a baby, so <laughs> well, yeah, you did do that. But this is your and favorite game got, of all
2: time, and you were playing series. Horizon Zero Dawn, or yeah, favorite series, excuse
1: me. You yeah, were playing it is my favorite series. And and I'm stuff. really excited. I actually am really bummed I wasn't able to get back into it this I think week. Rob
0: has this uh, weird complex because Assassin's Creed Origins is so much better and different than every other Assassin's <laughs> Creed game but he's like, What is this? <laughs> Where's the jankiness and myself. the character models and the awkward, you know assassination quest and stuff like this is a See, really good open you guys, world game
1: you know nathan you get mad when you play like madden or you know nba and you go i told you to run or throw the ball or jump like why did you <laughs> intercept or stuff like that for me it's assassin's creed watching my character try and run up a wall and just run into the wall <laughs> That frustrates too going no go up the wall
2: you know it was really funny no. my wife I- my wife told me, like, last week I was playing 2K. She's like, I don't know why you play 2K. Literally every time you play that game, you start getting <laughs> mad at it because, like, your character doesn't run in the right spot or, like, loses the ball or something like that. Like, you should play something else. Sorry, Rob. Go ahead. I,
1: I, I totally agree. I Sometimes you just have to have a game that just makes you mad. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's what every Dark Souls user is uh, saying every day of their lives. <laughs> but I just – I have been – like since it's so huge I felt like I could step away from it for a little bit to do something that was still a little bit fresh in my memory. I wanted yeah. to beat the DLC for Horizon Zero Dawn before I forgot how to play Horizon Zero Dawn cuz that's a real thing. That is and a very real thing I can confirm. <laughs> it is very real. And so I I really wanted to jump back into Assassin's Creed this last week, but I will definitely be jumping back in this next week and I'm, sure, to, I'm sure sure that is on the docket through. for
0: you rob and sounds like we're all giving the thumbs up ubisoft it's okay if you don't put assassin's creed out this year we'd love for you to you know just focus on origins and yeah. you know, maybe mm. put a watch mm-hmm. or something else out so all right so Absolutely.
2: we've got one more quick thing is that right rob before we move on
1: yeah just see if these is coming out here pretty quickly um lots of hype around this game march of... 20th Arr, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I mean, just the amount of... They did the alpha not too long ago. I think the beta is coming up here soon. They did a beta, like a closed beta. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sure was, they'll do an open beta. It was pretty before. positive I think they're doing an I, open, I think though. they're doing an open beta sometime in February or early March. Yeah, I'm sure they will. What they've talked about. But uh, one of the things that came out in some of their interviews, they've been talking a lot about, like, uh, four-player four only... Uh, only on your crew, they've been talking a lot about just how there's some other things that they're adding. But one of the things that was suggested that they are adding is pet microtransactions. <laughs> so and do I'm you... not talking like you know you call your significant other your pet. I'm talking like actual parrots, dogs. And
0: skeleton like, cats. is that going to be is that like a? <laughs> or like, do,
1: do we know that's going to work? We don't really know a whole lot of. Is it going to be like a loot
2: it? box, like? I pay a dollar, and I could get like a Dalmatian, or I could get like <laughs> on a, a hyena, or a parrot. Or I think it's
1: gonna be more along Who the lines of as like. A pet, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like how you think outside the box, Nathan. Oh
0: sweet! I got Whoopi Goldberg from the Lion King idea. <laughs> yeah. She's a great box. It's a rare.
1: Oh. I just want to um, have a lion. Yes. Uh, no. Um, but it sounds like it will just be like, you can pick which animal you want to buy. They okay. have a set number of animals so you can purchase them. You can purchase stuff that go for the animals. Also, it sounds like, and this is the biggest, most crucial point. It sounds like you can put your pets in cannons and fire them like you can your friends. <laughs>
2: Well, you just sold me on the game because before this, I was like, I'm so glad we don't have an Xbox because my wife would like spend so much money on pets because she's always (laughs) bugging us me to get a pet. And if we just got virtual pets, she'd be like, Okay, we'll just spend $20 on these 10 dogs. (laughs)
0: Maybe, <laughs> maybe, guys, it's a little more in-depth than we think. Maybe it's like a full-on like, Nintendo simulator within the game <laughs> yeah, that yeah, you pay they $5 spark- to unlock an extra mode or something. Uh... Here's
1: what they set it up as. They set it up as a pirate game, but really, it's just Nintendo Dogs. <laughs>
0: Nintendo <laughs> Dogs is coming back into Sea of Thieves Xbox next month. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, that concludes our news segment for today, and uh, I'm going to hand things over to Rob here, who is our uh, man of the week with our... Uh, Question with Rob segment, so go ahead Rob I like that, man of the week
2: QWR, it's the QWR segment
1: QWR <laughs> So this week, uh, as Jeff mentioned earlier uh, We're going to focus on Villains um, We know that <laughs>
0: ah, Your villain laugh is terrible Hey <laughs> You can do a better villain laugh right now Right now <laughs> oh my God. I Hopefully no one is listening With headphones right now <laughs> yeah, i hadn't done
1: that in a and while. nathan just proved through. that he is in fact a witch yes <laughs> all right go sorry um, rob go ahead so every video game has conflict of some kind um they're kind of broken down into seven categories of conflict uh and this is just kind of i was just kind of researching a little bit about villains and what makes a good villain and uh villains don't always have to be a person um a lot of video games, you know, in literature and other medias, they use, like, man versus man, man versus self, man versus nature, man versus society, man versus God, or, like, man versus technology. And there's some other, like, subcategories in some of those and all. But um, where do you see some of your favorite games falling in that kind of conflict scale?
2: Uh, like
1: if, I can tell you You where need me to explain a little bit? I can.
2: I, I can tell you where they don't fall. I feel like there's not a lot of games that, really explore the idea of man versus man just because i think it's a much harder medium to explore with a video game versus you know literature books where you have so much more control
0: i guess that makes
1: sense i I guess that depends because like a lot of your call of duties or stuff like that is man versus man oh
2: okay i'm sorry i was thinking like existential like your man versus yourself like well, you're yeah, struggling with yourself. your there's oh exactly. man versus self yeah. excuse me that's, that's what you meant okay, i
1: guess sorry. that's what yeah. i meant
0: yeah I, yeah I uh misspoke yeah there's not a lot of fighting yourself usually in video games yeah.
1: <laughs> i think a good example of that one would be uh i think it's called this dragon cancer
0: or something oh, like that yeah, I don't know if yeah, you guys yeah. heard
1: about that that indie game that's all that about. was an indie uh, game that basically really this,
2: this guy made because i think his his Son had cancer, and yeah, I think he kind of made it to help him deal with his grief and his, yeah, his yeah. So
1: that would be like, you know, yeah, that would be a an... villain is this like abstract concept almost, you know, cancer, not yeah. abstract, it's a physical thing, but it's more against himself, more against his doubts, his fears, his, yeah, yeah. So, but that you're right, that is a way harder villain to write as yourself, yeah, exactly, especially in games. What else? What do you, what are some other, where do you guys see some other games falling in some of these?
0: Um I like the whole man versus technology um thing. I mean I I feel like that's been kind of the classic thing we've seen in video games for so long. Mm-hmm. Um whether it's like with aliens and alien technology, I kinda of put that into there. So many of the you know, the old video games were, you know, Space Invaders or, you know Oh yeah, like absolutely. A, uh, Contra and all those type of games. You're just fighting kind of these crazy alien robot dudes. I think of um a lot of the um, even modern games like with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, where you pretty much technology is your enemy in that game. It's you know you've created the there's these villains and beasts that have been created through technology. And you know one of mm-hmm. the greatest video game villains of all time that a lot of people think you know Gladys from Portal is essentially just this yep. evil AI. Um, and there's you know a lot a lot of, you can do there with the man technology. So
1: well, and also a big one that's coming out here really soon is. Uh, detroit becoming human which is literally all just man versus technology and dealing with ai and computer like robots that basically are humans yeah sort of that blade runner question
0: yeah for sure um but yeah i mean i don't know which one i would like the most necessarily what do you guys think
2: i think i think they're all interesting in different ways um i think the man versus man one that's probably um like you said earlier, Rob, that's probably one of the biggest. So I'm maybe yeah. least interested in that because, you know, call of Sa- Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, even something like Horizon Zero Dawn, they all have portions where you're fighting other humans, um, the guy who is angry at you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, all these categories are really. I've, as we said, man versus man is probably one of the most popular categories for video games. Um, man versus society is pretty big as well. Um, just the idea of man versus a system, of government, or something like that—that's literally what Bioshock is essentially. Yeah. Um, man versus God. Uh, that's a lot of your like
2: like a god. mystical like, like kinda uncharted i mean mm-hmm. kind of not like god yeah, mystical
0: necessarily stuff. but like yeah mystical not necessarily god Yetis of war is a really stuff. good Wait, example of that is gruntilda from baby kazooie man versus god because it's this mystical thing that has all this power over a <laughs> a layer yes. that you have to take down yeah yeah totally yes because gruntilda well, and, is like, one of the best video game villains of all time with all the rhymes that she gives you throughout the game and I don't know about you guys, but I got creeped out when you got a game over and she turned like grunty and like the fat ugly witch and
1: oh into the skinny and stuff yeah. like that
0: was that was messed up. Yeah,
1: it was terrifying. Well, and man versus god will also be like a really obvious example is God of War, um, literally one manish person, Kratos, who's technically god. a god, but god versus god. Yeah. Um, a lot of man versus god also are like some of your RTS type games. To a certain extent, or like where you play like SimCity, you play as God and you're kind of playing against the elements of the game and stuff. Another really popular one, yeah, 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 man versus technology. That's a big villain one, um, as we said. But like we said, man versus nature and man versus self are not probably the two smallest ones. Uh, Man versus self, some indie games touch on that, but man versus nature, particularly, the biggest place we see that is survival games. Yeah, that
0: makes Mm, sense. Like
1: so. I mean, we can kind of see which of these provides the best kinds of villains. So, let's, you know, obviously kind of thinking through, like, man versus technology is one of our biggest ones, man versus man, maybe even man versus society. What makes a great villain? Like, what are some characteristics of a good
0: villain? I think a good villain, um, number one, has to have a good, like, character design that makes them interesting and makes them, like, stand Mm -hmm. out, like – that's why Bowser is, you know, the most iconic video game villain ever. Like, it's not because he's a complex character. <laughs> like, we we oh, don't no. care about the backstory of Bowser and why he's kidnapping Peach, but his design, you know, from all those old classic Mario games. I remember the first time I saw Bowser in Super Mario World and the that crazy Koopa clown car and that creepy, you know, sprite that he had <laughs> up in there. And up into Mario sixty four when I saw him in three D for the first time, as this huge beast, like. It was just kind of really, uh, like, eye opening. I never really forgot, you know, those those yeah. moments. And so you have to have a really <laughs> good um, character design, and art just design. design of what. Yeah,
1: like. yeah. Nintendo and uh, JRPGs are pretty good about making some fairly unique looking enemies. Yeah, like a lot <laughs> of those old
0: Japanese, like, uh, or not even just Japanese, just all those old RPGs for like Super Nintendo and stuff. They just had these insane like character sprites that just made these crazy boss. Uh, crazy bosses i even think of like like contra and you know obviously final fantasy and stuff these are these huge giant crazy um boss designs which are really cool
1: yeah yeah what else what nathan what do you think what makes a great Um, villain
2: i think the best thing that makes a great villain is just the complexity of a villain Mm. so i think it's so interesting when a villain um isn't just doing bad things because you need a villain or purpose to drive the story forward etc it's a good villain is thinks that what they're doing is right and makes for and there's some kind of mystery about them like you don't know exactly why all of they're doing what they're doing and then as you play through the game you slowly reveal that and then maybe you come to see try and somewhat see their point of view and you're like oh if I was in this villain's shoes would I do the same thing or would I or would I act differently
1: yeah no absolutely what's an
2: example of that Um, for for you guys So, gosh, I'm trying to think this is jumping Wonder- forward just okay two things This is jumping forward a little bit but also uh slight uh spoilers for arkham city but you um, have been warned spoilers arkham for city. arkham city that game or 2011 something. i think so okay. it's been a while um but the probably the joker from arkham city is one of my all-time favorite villains because yeah. you, like you don't really understand what's going on um just know joker is bad yeah you just know joker <laughs> is bad you kind of go through the whole game and then the twist at the end when you find out that Oh my gosh, he was actually dying, and he was doing all this stuff, um, for a reason and for a purpose. And then when he dies at the end of that game, like you feel like you finish that game, and you're like it's so heavy. <laughs> oh my gosh, like I, I so did. The Joker that. is actually dead. Like, yes, I'm Batman, but Batman kind of needs Joker. Like, it's like the Batman Lego movie. From- <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, when we saw it, it we so saw heavy. the ramifications was... of that in uh, Arkham Knight, even where basically he's hallucinating the, the Joker yeah, everywhere yeah, yeah. and like all this stuff. And like, whole time. like that just wrecked him. And I yeah. think, like, yeah, like you said, it's got to have they got to have that twist, almost that motivation and where they fall and that sort of thing. I think another thing that a lot of uh, villains need to have that is kind of along that same lines. They need to hit us where it hurts those moments where the villain does something that gets your blood pumping, gets you going, okay, you're going down. Or, like, really just, like, you know, kicks something in your mind that you can't just let them go. I think of, like, Halo 1, even. Like, Commander Keys, uh, you find him in the old ship. Like, he's massive oh, yeah. part of the Flood and all that. And stuck in the middle of this. And you just, like, you have to execute him, essentially. Because you're yeah, just, like... Well,
0: as soon as you see that, like... You're just like I want to destroy every single flood I see for the rest exactly. of like the entire Halo series.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like there's that 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 gut wrench, you know? Like mm-hmm. almost, you know? Um, Far Cry Three is a pretty good example of that. Also, Vaz executes your brother within like the first five minutes of the game, mm-hmm. and the rest of the game is basically you spent like I'm gonna kill this guy.
2: Yeah. And so, Although, like, like that... I don't know if, if doing it in the first five minutes, like, has enough emotional impact because you've only no, just met the character. So. not
1: necessarily. But it's just that sense of, like... Yeah,
2: it's giving you motivation.
1: Yeah. And so, I think hitting is where it hurts. Helps a lot of villains. Um and, obviously, we kind of talked a little bit about, like, villains don't necessarily have to be just one singular figure. Obviously, the Joker or uh, Vaz from Far Cry 3 are one singular folk or, or one singular person, individual who's really pulling the strings of you and messing with your head. But, obviously, some other ones we mentioned are, like, the Flood. Um, you could talk about every Zombies game. I mean, there's not, not really... <laughs> There's not really a singular villain in any of those. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. Resident Evil. You could make the argument that there's a singular villain who kind of sparked all the viruses and everything, but for the most part, zombies are just zombies. I mean, you could even throw out things like pigs from Angry Birds. Um, <laughs> I love
2: the pigs. Dude, the Angry Birds have, movie like... is surprisingly good. It's on Netflix. You should check it out. Did you watch it? <laughs> I've watched it like twice. It's great. <laughs> I didn't know <notice> that <laughs> oh,
0: Funny. and you just lost a little bit of respect <laughs> yeah, at least you didn't watch assassin's creed twice <laughs> exactly that's
1: true that's true i haven't even seen it once i'm I'm too afraid to watch it <laughs> um but what like when you start thinking of like some of those like an army or a concept do you guys have any games that you think of that are like really stand out in your mind that did a, a group of villains or an army or like that really well
0: hmm, yeah i think I think it's tough when I think of uh, just when you mentioned army, like what comes to my mind is like the the Lord of the Rings, Shadow, Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War games, because really, you know, there are some, you know, main, you know, kind of bad guys and narratives that you're following throughout those games. But really those villains are the ones you're finding throughout the game and you're fighting, you know, those pretty much endless hordes of orcs. And, you know, in Shadow of War, you're taking over these keeps and you're, you know fighting these different like basically mini bosses all throughout where you go and you you can have this final showdown in the castle which was just so so cool and the game curates it all to you so you're having a totally unique experience to what someone else um might be having And that moment just makes you feel really cool because you're like oh, i'm doing this mission that no one's really ever done before and it's going to look totally different for me than it does for someone else
1: mm-hmm. and it kind
0: of make made that whole world and army feel alive like if it was I kind of preferred it that way, that there were so many different villains and things going on. It's basically just a giant world of conflict rather than, you know, oh, you're just fighting Sauron. You know, there's the first Sauron fight, the second and the third. Like, it's much more... Deep and more, more to explore. with yeah. uh, that army. Yeah, there.
2: and the fact that it kind of tailors to each person's experiences. Yeah, it. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think, Nathan? I think a series that actually does a really good job of this is the Assassin's Creed series because mm. there's the Templars versus the Assassins, and so while each game has individual villains and stuff that you're going after, they're all part of this greater society. Um, usually, the Templars uh, that you're fight that you're facing, and so you, um, I think that does a really good job of both. Um, in each individual game, and then bringing the games together of weaving a really interesting thread of this greater army, um, or greater you know society that has existed throughout history. Apparently, um, yeah, and this conflict yeah. has been going on for ages and ages.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was uh, really thinking about, um, obviously, kind of inspired a little bit thinking about Halo and the Flood, but uh, Dead Space. You know, it's kind of unique, you know, having all the necromorphs that you're fighting, all the different enemy types that you face, and all that sort of thing. And every single one is just like, they feel like the end of the world every time you face the next one. You know, or another really good example is uh, the Batman series where I mentioned that. There's not just the Joker as the main villain. I mean, there's, you know, Two Face and Penguin.
0: There are so many different villains in those games. They do a great job of expanding that And they all feel very
2: unique and feel like they are very. They feel, feel very separate different, from each other. Yeah, very different from like, each other. Yeah, that was yeah.
0: one of my favorite parts of Arkham Knight. I actually went back to the game a couple of weeks ago and just was kind of, you know, getting some, finishing up some of the Riddler stuff I hadn't quite finished. And uh, I went into like Gotham PD, and you can like visit all the di- the different villains you've defeated throughout the game there and like chat with them and have these side conversations and just kind of going around one by one, listening to them and like even all like the henchmen, like talking to Batman and stuff. It was really, really. Um, just a cool experience kind of you know yeah
1: isn't it awesome yeah, it's, it's really cool what it, they've done with the that world. series and all the villains in it i'm hoping spider-man so,
0: ps4 does that does that same thing I'm, I'm hoping that'd be really awesome
1: you know and there's so there's some other games also that have some pretty like abstract concepts when it comes to villains um obviously like games like the witness or mist or journey have like really like there's not an obvious villain there's kind of more of a, just an abstract concept, as well as like survival type games and that sort of thing. What would you say would be a game where the villain, maybe not an obvious villain, but it obviously was extremely challenging for you guys? Kind of along uh, that puzzle. You stole is a good example. <laughs> well, I know you could even use one of those ones I said. I not really. What
0: I was thinking is kind of a uh, uh, Firewatch, which was basically man vs self, which we hadn't yeah. really talked a lot about yet. Yeah, but... yeah. You you come into this game with this tragic backstory with this character who's just looking for an escape, and then you make this relationship with another you know person, but you never meet them. You never see that person's face. You never really see anyone throughout that whole story. And pretty much all the whole story throughout that game is pretty much all curated within your own mind and what your experiences and what you're seeing and feeling and you're based off your past experiences. And so I really liked that as a conflict. I I you know there wasn't really like a singular central villain who was doing stuff. It was just all kind of this interwoven inner conflict which I thought they yeah. pulled off really well and they did such a good job that you know I'm super excited for their Into the Valley or Valley of the Gods I think is what it's called. Valley or, of the Gods. Yeah. Their next yeah, game yeah, that, that, they're that they're putting they out be just because cool. I know they they uh, deal well with that man versus self which we haven't really yeah. you know we've seen, talked about a, we haven't lot seen a lot of. Yeah. yeah, that's a great example. Yeah. Um,
2: Gosh, I'm struggling here i think uh i think the witness is actually a really good example because you start that game and you have you have like literally no idea what's going on you just Mm -hmm. appear in this island and you see this puzzle in front of you and then you kind of start doing them and it opens up certain gates in certain parts of the island and you know i don't think i didn't actually finish the witness so i can't say for sure but what i saw so far the stories and i don't think all that great like there's some really abstract videos of different things and you have no idea what's going on, which is interesting. But, um, as far as I know, I don't think it pays off well in the end. Um, but I think the idea of just kind of putting, it's more of the, um, man versus nature almost because these puzzles are kind of blocking your way to find out more what's happening and get to different parts of the island as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, probably my favorite example, a game that i played not too long ago was uh, brothers, a tale of two sons. Mm-hmm. which is like a you know the dual stick controller type mm-hmm. game where each stick controls a different one of the characters, but it's all these puzzles. You're working together, and, like, it almost, like, the conflict, like, the villain is almost your ability to control both brothers at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Rather than, and like, there's puzzles that you're trying to solve and everything, but it's almost your own ability to play the game. Like, it's almost video game versus you, which... It was just kind of a fun concept. It was a really unique way to do a game, and I really enjoyed it. So, Nice. Yeah. Um, wrapping this up, obviously this is the most important question we can ask when it comes to video game villains. Who's your favorite? Top one, number one on the list. Who is it?
0: Well, I talked about Bowser earlier. And just for being so iconic, I feel like I kind of have to say he's my favorite villain because if they made a Mario game that didn't have Bowser in it, I'd be really mad. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, he doesn't have what Nathan talked about. He's not very complex. He doesn't really have anything interesting about him um, beyond, you know, just he's always kind of been there. So, I don't know. It's it's tough for me. I think, I think uh, maybe something...
2: Oh, man, that's tough. Do, do you need some time? I mean, I, okay. I don't want to just give a cop out. I, I actually, so I've I've thought I I've thought about this a little bit, and I've had kind of trouble. Like, obviously, Zelda is my favorite series. I love Ganondorf, but mm-hmm. I'm actually gonna go a little bit different. Um, I don't know if I could say this is my favorite, but one of my favorite villains of all time is actually Majora's Mask, because in that game, like the mask is the thing that's actually evil, and it takes Skull Kid. And it's you kind of as you journey throughout that game, you kind of learn like Skull Kid is kind of just this innocent person who's kind of just an idiot running around. And then the mask takes advantage of him and ends up um, convincing the moon to start going down. And so the moon is kind of this villain in the game as well. Um, and so it's just a really interesting take on what villains are and kind of flips it on its head. Like yeah. um, like you said, in four, a game that for the longest time just had Ganon. And Ganondorf as the main villain, just these big bad guys. I think it was a really yeah. interesting take for this mm-hmm. series and a different way to go.
1: Yeah. Um, Rob, you know we I already we kind of already talked a little bit about the Joker, and obviously I love Batman. He's one of my favorite characters, and uh, the Joker is probably my favorite villain out of most comic books ever written. Um, but. You know, as as I've thought a little bit about it, I'm actually going to go a, a different direction because I've really been... Like, out of the games I've played that have made me think the most when it came down to a villain was Bioshock Infinite. Um, okay, why? And the villain is... The fact that it's got, like, a whole multiverse thing and stuff it gets really complicated at the end. But essentially, the big, bad villain that you are fighting ends up being yourself. Yeah. And like the fact that they just took you on this huge roller coaster ride and you're just like running and shooting and all this stuff and trying to get to the point where you can kill the big villain, only to really basically discover it's another version of you. Mm. Just like blows my mind. Yeah.
2: That was, was a good twist.
1: <laughs> it was just like one of those games where I like literally sit the controller down was just like, what? For a good five minutes. So.
2: That, that's go. a good choice. I really like BioShock Infinite. The only problem I have with it is towards the end of the game, it gets a little too, the the enemies get a little bit too bullet spongy. Like they take forever to kill. So
1: yeah, that's true. You just gotta yeah, it is. You kind of have to work through some of the bigger enemies and just kind of keep going. But yeah, yeah, it's got a great ending, great twist. Yeah, it's a good payoff. Cool.
0: Um, so I'm gonna go a little outside of the box here. I'm gonna okay. say. My uh, favorite villain um, is Plague Knight from uh, the Shovel Knight uh, games. Ooh. And I'm picking him because um, I really liked this character the first time I saw him playing through you know, the base game of Shovel Knight because you know, he has this really cool alchemy level. He has like probably my favorite stage theme. And, uh, but what really made him my favorite, I think, was when I actually played through the uh, Plague of Darkness, like the, uh, the Plague Knight campaign that they made. Uh, based off of you know the Kickstarter goals, and that was the first you know uh, DLC pack really to come out for Shovel Knight, and so you played through the game as Plague Knight, and which I thought was oh cool to play as my favorite boss character, ended up being this incredibly tragic backstory that is equal equally hilarious and equally heartwarming towards the end, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil that game for people who haven't played it, but um, just kind of really rounding out this character and making me care about this villain and actually. Really make me kind of just love this little dorky villain character uh, from the original game and really expanding on him, I thought, was just a really, really well done thing that I was not expecting going in that game. Uh, I'm like, oh, sweet, I'll just kind of play through whatever, but yeah. they did a really good job, you know, making me care and really enjoy this character, and so I'm excited uh, to play that King Knight uh, campaign. They still have uh, one more one more campaign they're putting out. But... Yeah, should be coming out soon. Yeah, so that, I thought that was really cool. I've never really cared about a villain before, and... Yeah. that game really made me do that's that. a that's really cool
1: yeah
0: all yes. right well thank you so much Rod. that was a great yeah. great great uh, topic i uh hope you guys uh maybe enjoyed enjoyed our conversation maybe learned uh learned some things too about uh you know what makes a good video game villain and hopefully uh you guys will let us know on twitter what is your favorite video game villain do you uh approve of our choices or uh maybe you have some other recommendations for us <laughs> Um, so as always we'd love to leave you guys with what we're playing and guys I have a lot to talk about this week because I picked up three new games this week tell wow. oh, me I'm killing it I know um, shadow of the Colossus on the ps4 is what I want to talk about first because this game is absolutely gorgeous like it, I came in hoping for a gorgeous experience that was like very like cinematic and like kind of heavy and that's totally what I'm getting so far I've only put a few hours in I've been about the first I think five um colossus and when you first like discover a colossus for the first time it's this cool moment where you see it kind of way off in the distance and as you get closer it you know starts to kind of activate or come notice that you're there and start to move around and what initially looks very small at first is very very large the closer you get to it and um it's just really fun exploring exploring uh the world i mean there's not a ton in the world but The rides there, like the camera does kind of this cool motion where it goes off and it almost looks like this, you know, artistic shot from like a, you know, a cinematic like movie or something like that. And so, that's cool. yeah, it just really builds up that world and making you feel like you're kind of like a visitor looking into this world, which is really cool. But does it question for you? Does it feel kind of dated? Because I know like I watched you
2: play a little bit of the very beginning of this game and Mm -hmm. you're kind of struggling with like where to go and where to jump. And obviously there's kind of. Games back then when they were designed, they were created with a very specific, this is where you jump, these are the handholds that you can grab yeah, onto, et cetera. It is Does a, that kind of jarring because
0: games have kind of gone beyond It is that a little now. bit. Um, but at the same time, I kind of like, like it in a way okay. because, you know, unlike something like Zelda or like Assassin's Creed Origins, like you can jump towards any surface and you're going to start to climb it yeah. like pretty easily. Um, you have to kind of figure out – it's almost like a puzzle – figuring out where to go and how to climb up the things because you know finding the Colossus you know doesn't start a fight which is like it's not a normal boss fight is what I'm saying like yeah the last one I had to do you know took me about 20 minutes to figure out because I basically had to like trick it and like deceive it make it think I was one place take a tunnel underneath it, pop out behind it and then after I kept shooting arrows at it and it would turn around and find me and then finally I realized I'm like I'm gonna see what happens if I don't shoot an arrow so I tricked it got went behind it didn't shoot anything after about 10 seconds that like kneeled down and started looking through the tunnel. I went in, I'm like, Oh, perfect. Now I can jump onto its back since it kind of leaned down. And then you have this whole yeah. other platforming challenge after that. And, um, they map the grab button to, I think R2 in that game. Mm-hmm. And so it's, Oh, interesting. That takes a little while to get used to. Cause you know, you used to jumping towards something and my character automatically grabs it. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but yeah, so you do have to grab and the controls. Like you kind of saw, you know, take, you know, forty-five minutes or so to kind of get a handle of, but once once you uh, understand it, it's not really that big of an issue or anything like that. Nice, I mean. cool. But but yeah, what what that game does well, it does really well with those boss fights. I fought a giant gladiator, to colossus that basically swung this massive sword to me, and then I started climbing up the sword after it hit the ground and got stuck. And then you know, he starts waving the sword around. And your character is flailing around like a rag doll, and it's playing this epic music. And Mark's going to play some of the music at the end of the show here today. But but yeah, really, really really a uh, beautiful game and i've never played that game and so i've i've been uh, excited to jump into it. it's been a game i've wanted to play for years yeah so.
2: sweet yeah nice. it looks beautiful so
0: yep yeah that's that's why i wanted <laughs> i wanted a gorgeous game to you know to play on my my big tv here so um so that's shadow of colossus the second game i got this week is probably the complete opposite of a big beautiful gorgeous game because i'm playing it in about what 180 pixels on my game boy color <laughs> Which uh, inspired from last week, I picked up Mario Tennis for the Game Boy Color, and I've been playing that. Nathan comes in it, uh, today to record the show, and he's like, what are you playing? Oh, my gosh, yeah. And then you tried to show me, like, stats on there, and I was like,
2: I can't, can't even see the screen. Like, I had to tilt the screen in just the right angle yeah. to hit the light to be able to even read what was going on. I have on. to, like,
0: strategically like, sit at a certain part of my house where there's, like, I'm under, like, a light you know that Isn't it that incredible
1: car. how far yeah. we've come
2: yes <laughs> like, how did i play it this in the like back I, of the i'm car sitting road there trips. like yeah how did i play pokemon like for hours and hours just like in random curled up positions on my couch or whatever <laughs> or in the back
1: seat of the car on yeah, but, the road no trips, like, where, like this yeah. game
0: does kind of have like a pokemon element in the story like the sprites look very similar like you kind of go around this big overworld similar to pokemon in the different towns and the clubs and um you do different challenges and like every time you beat a level, like there's over like 20 different, like little like skills you can upgrade um, and, you know, level up your character. And uh, yeah, I'm just really excited that they did a great job on the, on the basically kind of putting some of the N64 game elements over. Cause it's the same team that made it. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm hearing these kind of eight bit, you know, game boy versions, uh, soundtrack to like these classic songs they grew up, you know, uh, with playing on the N64 version. So, I think that part of it is um, really really cool, and it's just a solid you know, little game. And I'll probably play it for a couple months and get ready for Mario Tennis Aces for the Switch, and then you know just kind of add it to my uh, my uh, collection of Mario sports games. I guess. <laughs> cool. But, yeah. Nice. One little game. And then the uh, the final game I, I picked up this week was uh, a game I've been trying for a while, and I, we talked about it on the show uh, last year when we went to the Nindies at night event. And oh, yeah. Uh, it's Azure Striker Gunvolt, which is made by. Indie Creates, which did the new 8-bit Mega Man games. I yeah. think it was Mega Man, Was it, 9 and 10? 9 and 10 were the new ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're an American company, but uh, they do have some, like they have basically have that heavy Japanese game design influence where I didn't know this going into it, but the entire game is Japanese voice acted. And so like you'll play and it's just like, he's so cool. And they'll just, you know, everything <laughs> is in Japanese, but like it's all translated. So like you'll get subtitles popping up. Kind of like Star Fox sixty four in a way. Like, yeah, <laughs> you play their levels and characters will, you know, call in and say little things. Uh, but the gameplay is basically a mix between Metal Slug and like Mega Man. So like, art style is very similar to Mega Man X. You can do like wall jumps, dashes. Um, but then you basically anytime you shoot an enemy, it creates a lock on that enemy. Then you push the right trigger and you basically create this force field of electricity around your character, and it will leash out and like automatically just zap um those enemies that you have a target on and so when you have lots of enemies around you have to kind of target which ones you want to do with hitting with your gun then zap and you're also moving around trying to dodge get point combos and it's just a really really fun kind of quick it's very fast flash, paced right? very fast paced platformer game like the mm-hmm. levels are only about 8 to 10 minutes like they're very short like this was originally i think a 3DS game yeah um but uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying the quick gameplay of it. It's, you know, at the end of every level and stuff, you're leveling up, making your character stronger, getting new guns and stuff. So, um, so far, really enjoying it. I've been only playing the first one. I was planning beating, beating that, then before jumping into the second one, which you I, got the two pack. Yeah, it nice. comes. Uh, the Switch version comes. It's a double pack, sweet. and so oh, both games. And the Second one, I know, adds a new character and uh, I think a couple new different things. But yeah, so far, really enjoying my time if you it basically feels like a long long super nintendo game which is really cool yeah (laughs) um so yeah it's it's been a been a lot of fun i'm excited to play it more this next week i'm taking a a long flight so i won't be on the show next week but uh hopefully sinking a lot of time into this and probably some mario plus rabbits as well so yeah sweet
2: sounds sounds like a good time
0: great so uh rob what about
1: you so um because the olympics have basically been on for the last week uh I your playstation
2: 4 has been taken over or you can't play PlayStation Four. i can't
1: play because we only have one tv and i don't have oh, one of you had a switch. nintendo switch <laughs> <laughs> so i've been playing dude the games
2: okay random interruption do you guys oh. see the toys r us uh website malfunction on i Monday did night? i wish i would have got night, in on that like basically they had this crazy thing where if you bought this like eight dollar pair of like kid sandals you could get half price off of anything so like I saw someone tweet out they got an Xbox One X which is normally 500 for $250 because they <laughs> bought this $8 pair of sandals along with it.
0: So for $258 you get an Xbox One X? Yeah exactly so like Are there was this crazy me?
2: thing going around Twitter last night um, and everyone was like freaking out and trying to get on in it and like I went on the website I saw it like I think this was about 7.30pm pacific time 7 something like that I saw it about 9 and I went on mm-hmm. the website and like all of the sandals were sold out so I unfortunately didn't get <laughs> <laughs> on it but basically i think what you had to do is you had to choose in-store pickup and pick up your item because if you were doing shipping i saw a bunch of people had their oh, items had it canceled. canceled this morning yeah but i did yeah. see a couple people actually picked it up and basically made That's a robbery <laughs> well,
0: Yeah, <laughs> get a switch for brand new for 150 bucks yeah pretty nice exactly. exactly you
1: should have so. done that for me
2: i was trying i was trying to get down on there because i was trying to get one for you or i know my brother was trying to get one as well um and i wasn't able to wasn't able to
1: get it to work i was too late but bad yeah it's kind of I, I would take a switch for 158 dollars. yeah yeah sorry <laughs> um, go ahead rob but anyways yeah no that's a great sidetrack um so i've just been playing a lot of kind of working through the uh a to z seam library selection um i played a little bit more of the western game top down 12 of is better than six so Dude, not much else been to playing report this on this game
2: that. a lot i don't know if it's been a lot but you've been playing it consistently yeah
1: i've been playing consistently i would say i've only put maybe an hour and a half into the game maybe mm-hmm. an hour So it's not horizon
0: zero dawn status yet
1: no no i basically i'll put like 20 minutes in here and then get off or i'll put 30 minutes here get off 10 minutes here it's it's one of those games that i feel like i could just jump in play a level or so and then move Sounds on Sounds like a game that'd be great for switch uh, those those are great games yeah it's super it's super fun um I played a couple. I played uh, kind of an older one. This is why I was going to get a little bit about Bioshock Infinite. Uh, I bought the Burial at Sea DLC a while ago, or Mm -hmm. got it somehow. I think I got it really cheap on Steam because that's how I get all my games. (laughs) And um, so I jumped into that like a week or two ago, and I beat the. There's two episodes to the Burial at Sea DLC, and I beat the first episode uh sunday night and so i have one more episode of that to go so that's been kind of fun just kind of playing through that it's kind of fun to get back into it you basically start over with your powers or and everything so kind of resets everything kind of resets everything the story is really unique it's set in rapture instead of up in um columbus and so you
2: Puts you back. for Columbia. Kind of the, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, puts you back in the that's original cool. roots, and then you're dealing with uh, Rapture before It Fell Apart.
2: Oh, okay. Interesting. So that's kind
1: of fun. Um, then I played a couple... I played two of the next games on my Steam library list. One's called The Blue Flamingo, which is <laughs> the weirdest name for a game. What are you uh, doing this game,
2: there?
0: Rob? Are you, I'm are you curious. you ready for this? I think this could be anything. Like Is it like Mastery, a Flappy Bird clone? three puzzle game? Like a platformer? Yeah, like...
1: like I felt like like Flappy Bird or something. I actually honestly when I saw this, I was like, oh, this must be like a point and click like adventure story thing, right? Yeah,
2: that's a good guess.
1: Like, yeah? No, it's you are it's like a futuristic airplane flyer game. Okay. S- but it looks like Space Invaders.
2: <laughs> Wait, so it's like a top like down view? Sounds like an arcade.
1: Top down view. Where you're just flying in one direction, you only see this much of the screen, and enemies come onto the screen.
0: Oh, it's like Galaga, or something. so you just have to like shoot Galaga constantly. or
1: Space Invaders mm-hmm. and stuff like that. A games like that. It was interesting. I got frustrated. I don't think I put 20 minutes into <laughs> I <got>
2: frustrated. it. Frustrated, <laughs> dude.
1: Because I... it's super. The, it was super challenging. The way the thing, the thing doesn't respond super well. The controls are a little off and. And I just and maybe I'm just not very good at that type of game. I basically didn't beat the first level. I wow. I, I played it wow. the first level for probably 15 minutes and then rage quit.
0: I mean, I feel so, like with shooting, are you
1: going to go back to this game? No, no, you're done with it.
0: I feel like with shooting I, ups, uh, you I might as well it. spend your time with like a Ikaruga or Geometry Wars or Nex Machina, Dude. Or like a Galaga, yeah, exactly. like, a listen, good one, a good one.
2: <laughs> I used yeah, to play good... Raptor back in the day. Like I don't even know what yeah. that game is, but it was some game on my dad's computer at work that was like, I think my mom probably wouldn't want me to play it because I was like 6 or 7 and it had like, you were this like a uh, plane combat pilot and it had like <laughs> blood and stuff like that in it. <laughs> and I thought it was the coolest game ever at it's 6. So funny.
1: <laughs> and then the last game that I, I started playing, I haven't played a lot of, it's uh, called, I don't even know if I can pronounce this correctly, Bot in the Cola Bot Nicola, Bot Nicola. I think.
2: Is this a puzzle game?
1: It is a puzzle point and click game. It's made by the same guys who made uh, Machinarium and Samorost.
0: Oh, I've heard of that. Okay, you know
1: two other like really uh, pretty popular uh, modern point and click games. Mm-hmm. It's kind of made in that same spirit. It feels very like we did this as kind of a homework project like it doesn't feel totally as flushed out as maybe some of those other games might be mm-hmm. but it's still pretty fun uh, i played only like maybe five minutes of it before i had to do something else so i'm gonna play a little bit more of that this week and i'll have a better idea of what it's about next cool. week
0: nice nice good nice, job rob nice. uh you've been working through the <laughs> you've been working through uh your little steam library uh thing pr- pretty well uh I, I feel bad because I haven't really been working through my Super Nintendo game list, like I said, for my goal. But I played Azure Striker Gunvolt this week, and that feels like a Super Nintendo game. So I kind of substitute that and don't feel too bad.
1: And you played Mario Tennis on your Game Boy Color. I mean, That's if anything true. is That's going a retro old school. Yeah. If I'm, so I'm still
0: getting school, some retro games is. in, you but uh, haven't, you haven't done I haven't Super really Nintendo been playing the Super Nintendo.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. classic so, yet. So.
2: Nathan? cool. Um, I played more Skyrim on my PS4, and I said <laughs> I wanted to get a Platinum in 2018. You're going to Platinum Skyrim? No, I don't think I'll ever Platinum Skyrim. That sounds insane I mean, I don't know the trophy list, but I assume it's I actually haven't looked at the trophy list, but I assume it's crazy. So, I don't think I'll... I actually... I was really busy this last week, so I didn't have a chance to play a lot. So, I just played Skyrim. I've been playing uh, and Rabbids, which I'm on the second boss of that game, like main boss. Um, Nice. uh, Who's your favorite character? I really like... um, Actually, really like Mario Rabid, or Rabid Mario. Yeah, I just got him. He's just very hilarious. Like every time he wins, he does like a little
0: like he's like he's like a little guitar. Yeah, he place. has like a little guitar.
2: He's like a Latin buzz from Toy Story or something yeah, like totally. that. Well,
0: like he plays like the little like Mario like NES jingle like victory theme when he wins. Yeah, you win. it's it's, yeah, cool, it's, cool it's really
2: awesome. great. So that game, the writing in that game is just
0: so hilarious. Um, Did you get to the part about Bowser Junior having a phone call with? yes with his dad, with his dad and the his chores and stuff. yeah it was so funny the
2: mm. and that game is perfect switch too because you can just play like one or two battles and then be like all right i'm gonna do something else and jump off yeah so it works really well so that's what i've been playing nothing new or too exciting hear you're still liking it but yeah i'm thinking about jumping into rhyme because that came out on oh, uh, yeah. ps plus Plus. Oh, oh, i yeah, sadly yeah, haven't plus, jumped yeah. into the game of
0: generation knack yet either <laughs> but
2: it's downloaded on my ps4 so everyone has Knack PS4
0: now also. finally yes Mark Sherney is so happy that everyone gets to experience his masterpiece. Exactly, It'll be great. Uh, I'm excited. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Um, Like I said, I'll be out next week, but we uh, have some uh, fun special guests uh, joining the show, uh, hopefully uh, in these next couple weeks that you guys can look forward to. We will leave you with uh, the uh, Colossus theme from Shadow of the Colossus. Um, You guys have a great week. Uh, We'll see you next time. Peace. Later.